The Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gam Podcast Network, presented by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including the Patreon-only NFL Win Total Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgampodcast.com slash Patreon. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gam Podcast Network. It is currently Saturday morning, August 5th, late Saturday morning, August 5th. And you might be able to tell this is the second podcast that we've had in the span of about 10 hours. That's because... Once again, if you missed the last episode, I know that the Kitzbühel match was pretty early, but we announced that we we're going to be doing a pretty unique schedule for this weekend. We are going to do three episodes from early Saturday morning to early Sunday morning. So about three three episodes in the span of about 24 hours. And we already did the first one on the Kitzbühel final. I'll recap that in a second. But now this is the second part of the three-part installment. The second part's going to be the final in Los Cabos, as well as the two semifinal matches taking place Saturday afternoon in Washington, D.C. And then the episode later, in roughly 12 hours from now, will be the final in D.C. taking place on Sunday. So once again, we already did one podcast. we got another one right now, and we have a third one coming up in roughly 12 hours. But before we get into any of the previews for the three matches in the episode, want to recap how we did on the episode from roughly 10 hours ago, give or take. So starting off with the lock and dog picks, ended up losing the lock with the over 22 and a half in the Baez and team match, and that did not get there. Wasn't even close. However, did win the dog. We had Baez first set spread, minus one and a half games of plus 110, and that ended up getting there as Baez won the first set 6-3, and then eventually buried team in the second set 6-1. So I do want to recap briefly my uh, takeaways from the match. Really not much to talk about, though, because it was so one-sided. Baez did not get broken in the entire match, did fight off a break point or two in the second set, but for the most part, coasted uh, the entire way through, and team looked like a guy that was exhausted, just simply put, because team, once again, I mentioned it in the handicap from the episode, team had played a bunch of tennis, even though the home crowd was on his side. He went to a lot of really long matches. He had a uh, straight set, 7-6-7-6 seven, six, seven, six win against Bagnus, which took a while. Had a three-set match against Zhang. Had a three-set match against Rinderknich. And had a three-set war, which took three and a half hours against Dejir in the semifinals. So team who had not been to an ATP final since 2020 was exhausted. And as a result, he did look a step slow out there. Baez, on the other hand, though, I thought he would win the match. However, I thought he'd win in three. So I wasn't fully right about it, but at least I had the right side in general. Baez had a much easier your road. He only dropped one set the entire uh, tournament, lost a set to Echeverry in the semi, but once again, team did play roughly 50 minutes more than Baez did in the semis. So even in Baez's lone marathon match, it wasn't as big of a marathon as the team match. So Baez was the much more rested guy, and it looked like it, but Baez looked really good. Simply put, team was standing so far back on the returns that I once again wasn't sure if he'd be able to capitalize on Baez's weak serving, and he really didn't. Team kind of just kept the ball in play. Baez was able to really just showcase the variety. The forehand was solid. The backhand was solid. Sprinkled in some drop shots. Did a pretty good job with the volleying uh, that Baez would occasionally sneak in on, and that definitely ended some points early. But for the most part, Baez... I don't want to say played a perfect match, but he played close to it. Baez looked really, really sharp. And I do think, once again, team really didn't have his best stuff. Not a total shock there. The first serve percentage was poor. 
uh, at 67% compared to Baez going 77%. So 67% first serves, not bad. Uh, but in comparison, when the other guy goes 77% and team only won 57% of the first serve points, only won 41% of the second serve points, the point is team serve really was not that effective. And Baez did a great job returning throughout the entire match. But I'm not going to criticize team. It's kind of similar to what we saw in the Warenka final in Umag the week prior. It was a nice story of having a guy who used to be top four, top five, injuries got in the way, and now they suddenly made an ATP final for the first time in a couple of years and in both cases both players came up short now Warenka looked a lot better than the team did in their respective finals because Warenka went to a third set he was actually up a set and then a loss to Papyron but still the point is team just had too many you, you just played too much tennis too many hours on the court over the last couple of days and Baez was fresher and he exploited team's fatigue. So either way, congrats to Baez for winning the uh, Kitzbühel tournament. It's unfortunate be a little bit because you know how I constantly give up Baez to win these clay events pretty much throughout the entire year. And the one time I don't, he wins the whole thing, which is kind of annoying. But either way, point is Baez was... Struggling a bit in deciding sets in the last couple of weeks, but his level picked up in this event, and he was able to run the table. So congrats to Baez once again. And team, really no shame in making it to a final in front of the home crowd, but we're hoping to see more from him in the upcoming months during the hard court season. Um, kind of curious how he's going to look, because once again, he did opt to play in clay. But that's a big reason. A big reason for that's because it's in his home country. So he ended up deciding to show up to finish the clay swing in his home country. Now he transitions over to hard court. I don't know if any of you actually realize the last ATP event that team won was actually the U.S. Open back in 2020. He has not won a single tournament on the ATP level since. We'll see how he does in the hard court season. I'm assuming not that well. We'll see. But it's nice to see team putting together some good results on clay. Hopefully that carries over into the last couple of months on hard court as well as the following year. But anyway, point is time to actually get into the match previews for Los Cabos and Washington. I'm going to go in chronological order, so I'm going to start off with the semifinal matchups in D.C., then I'll get into the final in Los Cabos between Tsitsipas and Dimenauer. So starting off with the recap of what happened in Washington, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a pretty interesting scheduling spot because they had one day rained out, so they had to play a couple of matches yesterday. So Fritz had a, a war that he had to deal with. He had to beat Murray in the early morning afternoon, then immediately had to turn around and faced off against Thompson. The Murray match was a war. Once again, one in three sets, took about three hours. And then he beat Fritz 6-3. He beat uh, Thompson 6-3, 6-3. So Fritz did have to play two matches on Friday, so I am curious how tired is going to be for his matchup against Greek Spore. As for Greek Spore, he also played a decent amount of tennis, played Munfi, one in three, and then beat Wolf in straight sets. Competitive, though, seven, five, six, four. Now, to go through the actual betting odds for this match, you have Fritz as the pretty hefty favorite here at minus 285. Greek Spore is plus 240 the other way. As for the spread, Fritz is around minus three games, minus three and a half, plus 120. Greek Spore plus three and a half is minus 140 over under in total games is 23 and a half the overs plus 110 under is minus 130 if you want some alt lines 22 and a half the overs minus 135 the under is plus 105 and the match to go to three sets is plus 145 so if you want to take first by the way to win in straight sets you can get that at minus 110 greek sport to win a set in this match is plus one is a minus 120 so 
Once again, people were expecting Fritz to kind of dominate and to go through the head-to-head. They faced off one time in the Australian Open, actually, back in 2020, and Fritz was able to win 6-3, 6-3, 6-3. Does it matter? Not really. It was north of three years ago. Doesn't really mean much. But Fritz, once again, has looked very sharp, and with Tiafo losing, Fritz is definitely the favorite to win out of these four players. Now, the problem that Fritz runs into is not only the fact that he had to play two matches on Friday, it's the fact that he's also right off of a title run in Atlanta. So he has not exactly had much time off, and you do have to wonder about fatigue. Now, luckily for him, in the span of those seven matches in Atlanta and, and uh, D.C., he's only dropped a set twice, so he has had a couple of straightforward wins, a decent amount of them, which might be able to preserve the gas tank. But I am wondering, after playing two matches on Friday, when you compile that with the amount of matches he played in Atlanta with the lack of proper rest time in between. I do wonder if Fritz is going to start running out of gas at this point. And Greek Spore has definitely looked pretty sharp so far in this event. Then again, you can make an argument he hasn't really played anybody because he beat Brody, who I'm not a fan of whatsoever, beat Monfi. Now, Monfi was playing pretty good tennis, had a nice win against Bublik earlier in the event. But we know Monfi also struggles with fatigue because of his older age at this point and his lack of overall matches. But Greek Spore was able to win that one in three. And then he beat Wolf. And Wolf is a solid hardcore player, so that's a pretty nice win. But his best win is against arguably Wolf, which is suggestive that his that his overall path has not been the most difficult, and that Fritz is a massive step up in competition. Whereas Fritz had to beat the likes of Thompson, who was having a good cl- who was having a good grass here on hard court, not the best, but still. Point is, that's a decent opponent there. The main win though is against Murray, who looked pretty sharp. And Murray looked very good against Nakashima earlier in the event. But I think that Murray win is the best win that either of these players have had so far in this event. And Fritz was able to win that one in three. But the point is, I do think when you're looking at the betting odds, do I really want to be laying 285 or minus three and a half games with a guy that might be exhausted? Not really. I'm not totally sold on that prospect. I think I'm going to lean to Greek Spore plus the games here. I'm not picking him to win, but I do think you're going to see a bit of a marathon here. Fritz's serve has been a little bit vulnerable so far in this event. He's been able to hold, but he has had to fight off some break points. And I do think that Greek Spore is a good enough server to hold in his own right to make this match competitive. I'm going to lean to the over, though. I do think you're going to end up seeing a tiebreaker in this match. So I think you're going to see at least one long set, maybe three sets, but 22 and a half at minus 135, I do think looks a little bit short, and I do think you're going to end up seeing this matchup turn into a bit of a longer one. Give me the over in this one. Once again, I think Fritz probably wins, but would I be shocked if Greek Sport pulled it off? No. I think Greek Sport's a solid player, and I do think that Fritz is getting a ton of respect, which he deserves, but I have to at least point out the variable of fatigue because, once again, he's played a bunch of tennis over the last week and change. So I'm going to go with Greek Spore plus the games. Once again, the head-to-head matchup was roughly three years ago, so that doesn't really mean anything to me. But Greek Spore's look pretty sharp, and I do think he can make life difficult for Fritz on occasion in route to, in my opinion, losing a tough battle. So give me Greek Spore plus the 3.5 and at minus 140, and I will lean to the over at 22.5 at minus 135. Now moving on to the second match here in the DC semis. You have Evans taking on Dimitrov, and Dimitrov is a pretty big favorite in this one as well. He's minus 240. Evans is plus 200 the other way. As for the spread, Dimitrov is minus 3.5 games at minus 105. Evans the other way is plus 3.5 games at minus 115. Over-under is between 21.5 and 22.5. 21.5, the over is minus 135. Under is plus 105. And as for the... uh. 
regular uh, total, you have 22 and a half at plus 105. The under is minus 125. If you want Dimitrov to win in straight sets, you can get that at even money. You can get Evans to win a set at minus 130. And if you want the match to go to three sets, you can get that at plus 155. Now, to look at the actual head-to-head between these two players, they have a decent amount of actual matchups. Faced off five times, and four of the five matchups were on hard, were on uh, hard court. The oldest one was actually in 2011 on grass, but the other four were on hard court. I will admit, though, they have not faced off since 2020, so it has been a long time. But it has been a very competitive head-to-head because they faced off once again four times on hard court. It is tied 2-2. Two to two. Evans won the last one in Vienna. That did go to three sets. They faced off in 2020 again in the ATP Cup. Dimitrov did win that one in three. They faced off in 2019. Dimitrov won 7-5-7-5. And they faced off in 2016 in this exact tournament. Once again, though, seven years ago. And Evans won that one 6-4-6-4. Now, Evans, I got to spend a second on talking about his insane performance in the quarters against Tiafo Because Evans was phenomenal. And it's really tough to follow up a match like that and to look anywhere near as sharp as he did in that matchup. Because Evans... Had a pretty tough matchup against Barreri, where he no-showed the first set, then buried him in the final two. Then beat Shevchenko in the second round, 6-4, 6-3. And then beat Tiafo, who was the co-favorite or second favorite behind Fritz to win the event. And Evans, once again, looked really, really sharp. It was one of the best matches he's played in a long time. And you can argue that either A, there's some momentum building from that, or B, Evans got a little bit... I'd say lucky to be in such good form to play red line tennis for an entire two sets that he's going to have no choice but to fall back down to earth. And Dimitrov, on the other hand, was a beneficiary of the poor scheduling for the rain because he didn't play in his semi in his quarterfinal matchup since Umber got injured and Dimitrov got a walkover. So Dimitrov has a significant rest advantage over the rest of the competition. But I do think once again with Dimitrov and his tendency to struggle in bigger matches. Evans is a player who is very tricky to deal with. And since both players love to rally, I can see a lot of long points and a pretty long match in general. First things first, I think that this line is too high. I think 240 is a pretty insane price for a 2-2 head-to-head split on hard court. I think it should be closer to uh, Dimitrov minus 150, in my opinion. So I think that there's a lot of value on Evans in this matchup. I like the plus three and a half for the games. I think Dimitrov can win, but I think it could go three. I think the over two and a half sets price is insane at plus 155. I can really see a world where both players have moments, and I do think that you're going to end up seeing a marathon breakout. So I like the over in this match. I like the over two and a half sets at plus 155 for pure value. I like Evans plus the games, and I do think that on the money line, Dimitrov should win, but minus 240 is just an insane price. I think Evans has a lot of value at this current number. But once again, Evans has been in the middle of a pretty bad year, but we know that he's very talented, and we know that he can be very tricky to deal with with his ability to really showcase all of his skills. He's got a pretty good forehand. His serve could use some work, but he's got a very solid backhand slice. Also throws in the one-hander, which has some power to it on the backhand side. And he's a pretty underrated volleyer. So he has the ability to chip and charge. And I do think that can result in some free shorter points for Evans to deal with. But I do think when you're looking at this matchup, you're going to see a bit of a war on your hands. So I'm going to lean to the dog and I will lean to the over. I see a pretty competitive war breaking out between these 
these two players. But moving on to the main event of the episode, it will be the final between Tsitsipas and Dimenauer. And Dimenauer is a pretty big underdog here at plus 230. Tsitsipas is minus 270. Tsitsipas minus three and a half games of the spread at minus 110. Dimitrov the other way, uh, uh, not Dimitrov, sorry, Dimenauer. The other way is a plus three and a half at minus 110. Over-under is a 22 and a half, minus 110 on both sides. And if you want to get some alternative lines, the 21 and a half is minus 150. Towards the over, the under is plus 120. 23 and a half, the over is plus 115. Under is minus 145. And for the sets, three sets is plus 140. If you want Sissy Paz to win in straight sets, you can get that at plus 105. hour to win a set. He is minus 135. Now, I got to mention the head-to-head because it is very, very one-sided. And as a result, I do think Pass is going to win. They have faced off a total of 12 times in their careers. Pass is a casual 11-1. and In fact, he's won each of the last 10 head-to-head matchups. The only matchup Dimenauer won was in... Uh, a challenger event on grass back in 2017. That's the only matchup that Dimenauer has ever won. Uh, ever since that point, Cincy Paz has owned them. There have been a couple of three-set matchups, most recently in Indian Wells back in 2021, but they have had a lot of hardcourt matchups, and Cincy Paz has won all of them. So keep that in mind. But if you want to look at the head-to-head, the last three matches, two on hardcourt, one on clay. Uh, the clay match was in 2023 in Barcelona, so that was relatively recent, but the only hardcourt matchups that were recent were in 2022. And Cincy Paz won all three of those matchups, including the clay one in straight sets. So for me, I think I'm going to go with Cincy Paz to win in straight sets here. If you want to play it safe, you can get Cincy Paz minus two and a half games at around minus 155. Shop around, maybe you can find a 145. But for the value, I'm kind of shocked this is a plus money because of how dominant Cincy Paz has been in this tournament and against Dimenauer in their careers. And I do think because of this, it should be it should be a lot, uh, I'd say, more expensive to take Sissy Paz to win in straight sets. I think that plus 105 is a bargain. I think it should be closer to minus 120, minus 125. But looking at the actual path for both players, Sissy Paz ended up beating Isner very comfortably, broke him a bunch. Then he beat Jari in a matchup. He probably should have won in straight sets because he kind of punted the first set tiebreaker there, but rallied to win the final two sets, 7-6-6-2. Uh, and then he buried Chorich in the match on Friday night as he ended up winning 6-3, 6-2. And George was in good form. So Paz played a great match, and I think that he's definitely the most informed guy in this event. As for Dimenauer, he had a pretty long run in Atlanta before losing to Umber. Uh, sorry, uh, he lost to Umber in the second matchup in Atlanta. Uh, so that was his first hardcore tournament in the post-Wimbledon run. And then after that, ended up having a couple of marathon matches, a couple of easy matchups early on, then faced off against Tommy Paul. That was a war, and he won that one in three, and then faced off against Kempfer in the semifinal on Friday. That was two hours and 23 minutes, and Dimenauer did win that one in three sets. So back-to-back three setters for Dimenauer. I do wonder if fatigue's going to be an issue. But simply put, it's tough to back a guy that is currently 1-11 and in the head-to-head, and I think Sissipas is going to win, just simply put. So I think he wins pretty comfortably. I think he's going to win in straight sets. The issue I have for Dimenauer is the fact that he's not a great server, and I do think that Sissipas once again, is going to win a bunch of extra free points in comparison on the serve. He's looked sharp 
And I do think that Sitsi Pass should be able to break Dimenauer's serve a handful of occasion on a handful of occasions. So give me uh, Sitsi Pass to win this one comfortably. I'm going to lean to the under. I'm going to lean to minus two and a half games. And I am going to also lean to the straight sets angle there for Sitsi Pass at plus 105. But that's going to wrap it up for the overall preview for the three matches on Saturday. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. Before we get into any of that, I want to take a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by the SportsCam Podcast Patreon. SportsCam Podcast Patreon is the perfect place for the diehard DGen. Sign up for the Patreon to get exclusive access to contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP stories podcast, an ad-free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degenerate gamblers. There is even a Discord channel just for patrons. The SportsCam Podcast has... And always will give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportscampodcast.com slash Patreon. Sportscampodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season's right around the corner. And Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down your favorite player props. And it's available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million in cash. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. P.N. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the two semifinal matchups on Saturday in D.C., as well as the final taking place late Saturday in Los Cabos. Now it's time to get into the actual lock and dog picks for the match. Starting off with the lock, I am tempted to double down on Pass, but I think I'm not going to do that. Instead, I think I'm going to look at the Evans and Dimitrov match. And I'm going to take the dog here. I'm going to take Evans plus three and a half games at minus 115. Simply put, with a competitive head-to-head, I just think this line is a little bit disrespectful. Evans played very well against Tiafo yesterday. If he plays that well once again, he's going to win this match, in my opinion. Dimitrov, on one hand, is the more rested guy because he did not play since Umber ended up retiring, or uh, I should say Dimitrov was able to walk over. You might have to wonder, though, if that impacts his rhythm because he went from playing a match to having extra time off, maybe starts off rusty. But once again, 2-2 in the hardcourt head-to-head. Evans did win the most recent head-to-head matchup. It was a couple years ago. But I do think when you're looking at two guys that love to play long points, two guys that want to rally, and you might see a pretty, I'd say, healthy number of breaks since both players aren't the greatest at serving, I see a war breaking out. So I do think that Evans getting three and a half games in a match that he can win, I think is a pretty solid deal. So give me Evans plus three and a half games at minus 115 as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go back to the Sissy Paz and Dimenauer match in Los Cabos. I am going to go with Sissy Paz to win in straight sets at plus 105. It's an insane price for a guy, once again, that is in just insane in the head head. He's 11 and 1. And the only win Dimenauer had was back in 2017 on grass. But to go through the actual hardcore matchups between these players, Sissy Paz, including the uh, qualifying and challenger stuff back in 2017. Pass is 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0, 8-0. He's 8-0 and on hardcourt, and he has won in straight sets in four of the last five hardcourt matches between them. So the point is Pass has made quick work of Dimenauer on hard courts in the past, and I see a pretty similar story here in the Saturday final Paz has looked very sharp. He had to face off against two really good servers in 
Isner, and Jari. Then he got to face off against Chorich, who's a pretty solid all-around player who was in pretty good form. Chorich, I know the forehand kind of self-destructed on him in that match against Sitsipas, but the point of Sitsipas looked very sharp. He served well. He returned well. And I think that he's definitely the best player here, which is why he was roughly a plus-175 favorite to win the event, despite not really doing much on hard court since the... Australian Open. But the point is, I do think when you're looking at this matchup, Sissy Paz should be able to get it done, and I am going to pick him because of it. So once again, the lock and dog picks for the episode. The lock's going to be on Evans plus three and a half games at minus 115, and the dog will be Sissy Paz to win in straight sets at plus 105. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Once again, I'll be back for the final in D.C. in about 10 hours or so, 12 hours or so, depending on when they finish those matches and when I can get lines on the final. But find me on Twitter, at Rice Show Radio. Find me on some other shows with the network on the MLB show, the NBA show, the WNBA show, the NFL show, which is starting back up. Either way, you know where to find me. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.